morning. Welcome to Belong Church. I'm so glad that you're taking this journey with us. And today is actually the very ending of 21 days of prayer. Yesterday was day 21. So we have closed out 21 days of prayer for this year, if you can believe that. And that sounds like such a great thing, but how many of you know it's not that many months till January, and we'll be jumping right back into it. But I, I don't know about you, but it was a great taxing, but a great time. And I tell you, just I can be up that time every day, but just something about having to be there and not being able to go to sleep because I stay up all night and then I won't go to sleep till after prayer. Something about the, that extra hour sometimes or a few minutes is just, it really gets to wearing me down. But we want you to tell us your stories. And if you will, email us prayer at belongdfw.com and just send us what your stories are, what you believed God for. And if you don't want to be specific, if you don't want it to be, if it's too personal, just give us generalities and just let us know what God is doing in your life. And, and also, if there's things that you're still believing for. And this past week, we were joining with um, Church of the Highlands every morning and you were able to watch and you saw that we just, we've been in partnership with them, but we chose the last week to just completely let it be their feed that we were looking with. And there's hundreds of churches that were doing that, not just their campuses. And one of the days this week, one of the pastors, because they had guest pastors coming in very, very often. If you if you're watching, you, you saw the different ones. And the one talked about the, the continuity and continuing to pray. And, and he said something that I said every single 21 days of prayer that we've done it, that maybe you prayed for the same thing for a while. And you say, it's another 21 days of prayer. God hasn't answered the time before or the time before that, or maybe even years. And, and he addressed that. And he talked about his dad who had been praying for his brother for 40 years every morning. And it took 40 years. And then one day it happened. He also told the story of a, a woman who had been having depression and anxiety and things, and, and she had waited 50-something years, but God came through. So we want to know what you're still believing for. So use that same address, prayer at belongdfw.com, and let us know what it is that we can continue to pray. It's, it's wonderful. It's great for you to keep praying and bring it up, but it's also great when we bring the power of continuity and the corporate prayer environment that we can also agree with one another. Well, on day 17, Pastor Chris Hodges led that day, and man, I tell you, the message just jumped inside of me, and as soon as he was talking this message, I knew that was what we were going to talk about today. Now, the normal thing that would be when we've been talking about prayer, leading up to prayer, and a couple of weeks before the 21 days of prayer, I was preparing everyone and, and kind of paving the road, if you will, how we're going to go down to it. And then we talked about it all through that. You would think that today, the day after, would be like, okay, we're not going to talk. We're going to talk about anything but prayer, okay? Because we've been like riding that horse for a while now. But I really felt like we need to have this message and kind of let it be the icing and let it be the ceiling of it, if you will. Not a ceiling is in the top, but the thing that goes over to seal like the, the surface and just let everything just really be gelled down in there. So if you happen to watch Pastor Chris that day, then this will be a review for you. And if, if, if you're someone else that weren't, weren't able to see that particular day or you weren't able to join in, this may be new information for you. 
We've been looking, as I said, for the last several weeks in our messages about the prayer that Jesus gave as a template. And we see that in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus' disciples came to him and said, teach us how to pray. And as he did that, it's the only recorded time that we see that the disciples came and asked Jesus to teach them anything. The rest of the time, Jesus is just simply teaching them. But here we find that they asked Jesus, so then he gives us a template. He says, this is how you pray. And he, he said, when you, and in fact, that was our message uh, a few weeks ago. You can go back and look at it. It's in all of our places where you would find in YouTube and in SoundCloud and all the different places you'll find podcasts. You can see it, the title of that message is when you. And Jesus says, when you pray, but I want you to see that the very first thing he said, when you pray, starts off with, and many people have memorized this, and maybe it's a religious thing that people have done, so they, they feel spiritual about themselves, and they know this prayer, and they call it the Lord's Prayer. Te technically, it's the disciples' prayer, because Jesus was giving the disciples a template of how to pray, but he starts off with these four words, our Father in heaven. So let me ask you, when that prayer starts off with, our Father in heaven, who are you praying to? Well, duh, we're praying to the Father. So we're addressing our prayers in the template that Jesus gave. And there's nothing wrong with praying to Jesus. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. There's even times to pray to the Holy Spirit. All three are God. But in this template, Jesus is showing us to pray to the Father, start off with our Father in heaven. And Colossians 3, verse 1 through 2, it says, You have been raised up with Christ, so think about things that are in heaven, because that's where Christ is. Look at this next part. If you got your Bibles, maybe you want to underline this. He is sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2, think about things that are in heaven, and don't think about things that are only on earth. And right there, it's given us this example that, man, we've got these two worlds. One is heaven, and one is the earth. Don't think about only the things that are on the earth, but you need to turn your attention, can I say it like this, in prayer to heaven. Think about things that are in heaven. Romans 8 Verse 34 says, Christ who died, more than that was raised to life, is at the right hand of God. And look at the last part. Is making intercession for us. He is interceding for us. So can I say it like this? When we close out our prayer, we every time we say, just about, this is how we teach people how to pray, in the name of Jesus, Amen. But can I tell you, that's not simply a tagline. So I want you to get the imagery in your mind that the great throne in heaven that the Father God is setting on, and then to his right hand, as we just saw in the scriptures, is Jesus interceding for us. So we pray to the Father in Jesus' name. We're giving the authority 
from Jesus to pray. So that prayer is going through Jesus because we're saying, hey, I'm praying this in Jesus' name. It says he's interceding for us. So that prayer is going right into Jesus' lap. And he's like, hey, Father, can I talk to you about what Kevin's praying? Hey, Father, look at this prayer that came up from Plano. Hey, hey Father, look at this prayer that came up from, and fill in the blank where you're at. See, it's not just a tagline, but we are praying to the Father. Jesus is receiving it and transferring it to the Father because the authority in the name. But in whose name? In the name of Jesus. Philippians 2, 9 through 10 says, Therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Now think about that. In heaven, we got that one. Earth, that's where we're at, right? And under the earth, who's under the earth? That's the bad place. That's the, the word we're not going to say because people might say I'm cussing on, in church on TV, okay? But it's those places that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. There's no one that's going to stay, say, hey, I'm going to go toe-to-toe with you. No, when God shows up and with the name of Jesus, it levels it. In the NIRV, it says this. So God lifted him, Jesus again, up to the highest place, and God gave him the name that is above every name, that when the name of Jesus is spoken, there you go. So when we're praying and we say at the end, in Jesus' name, when the name of Jesus is spoken, everyone will kneel down to worship him. And everyone in heaven and earth and under the earth will kneel down. See, we're getting a head start on that event that's going to happen one day. That when that name is spoken, it's going to be whoosh everyone's going to bow. There's not going to be say, oh no, I'm not going to bow. You're, you're not going to make me bow. No, it's going to be so powerful. Every name, that name is going to bow. But can I tell you, I heard Jesse DePlanis years ago say that everything has a name. Cancer has a name. COVID-19 has a name. And if every name has to bow at the name of Jesus, and Jesus' name is above every other name, that when we pray in that name, there's power in the name of Jesus. If you're taking notes, I'd, I'd encourage you to write that one down. There's power in the name of Jesus. It's not just a tagline. It's not just something we say because that's our transition phrase that we say, but that's where the power is. But I think sometimes that while it's powerful there, that we don't see the power of it. We diminish the power of it because we don't put our focus on the power of it. There's power in the name of Jesus. Continuing, if that wasn't enough for you, continue with the, the, the example given by Jesus in Matthew 6. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's power in the name of Jesus. When God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, and most people know the Ten Commandments or can quote the Ten Commandments, maybe not in order, but you know what they basically say, right? Verse 7 of Exodus 20 says, Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. 
Some translations say, take that name in vain. The Lord will find guilty anyone who misuses his name. And, and, and most people think that means cussing. And it doesn't. Now, is that a license to cuss? Not saying you have a license to cuss. Not saying it's okay to cuss. But that's not what that scripture's talking about. It's not when people say the GD or take the name. I, I, I had one person ask me, you know, how do you know God is real? How do you know Jesus is real? I'm like, do you know of anybody that's using any other prophet's name as a euphemism? How many people have you heard say, oh, Muhammad? You don't. They all say, oh, Jesus Christ. They're taking the Lord's name. But you see, that's not what that's talking about in vain. Though you shouldn't do that, that's not what this scripture is. It literally means right there in the Ten Commandments, it literally means do not empty the power of the name. Do not empty the name of its power. Can I say it again? There's power in the name of Jesus. Don't misuse it, that scripture says. And don't forget that that name, his name, in the name of Jesus, I pray, has power. Oftentimes in prayer, you may hear someone say, raise the name, lift up the names of God. And, and you'll hear them say these words. And, and oftentimes this is Christian ease. And someone that doesn't know anything about God or the church could come in and say, man, you guys are a bunch of kooks. They're saying, God, you are, and they're confessing these things. It's even in our prayer guide. But can I tell you, the name above every name is the attributes of who he is, not simply the spelling. So all the people that name their kids, J-E-S-U-S, no matter how you pronounce it, whether they call him Jesus or Jesus or whatever, that's not then giving them the name that's equal to Jesus. No, it's the attributes. It's who he is as the Christ, as the Son of God. That is the power that separates him for everyone else, not just the simple spelling of his name. It's not like it's a magical name in the spelling of it. That that's the thing that changes. It's the power of who he is, which is the attributes of who he is, that gives him the name above every name. Pastor Chris says it this way. Ask yourself, why would God answer our prayers? We're finishing 21 days of prayer, and, and I've already said we're, we're putting the icing on it today. Why would God even answer our prayers? And it's very much like, why do you think that God will let you into heaven? You think that if I do this much, if I do 51% good and 49% bad, if I just barely squeak in, I heard somebody say that they, they had a vision that they went to heaven and their, their wings were really, really tiny. And they said, Lord, why are my wings so tiny? It's like, you just barely made it in here. And that's not what this is about. I mean, yes, it's a joke and it's a little bit funny, but that's not what this is about. See, many think God will answer my prayers because I did and you fill in the blank. Because I attended 21 days of prayer. Because I got up early and because I did this or because I tithed or because I gave this or I, because I helped this person or I did. No, no, no. It's not the barter system. It's not the God, I'll do this. God, if you will just get me out of and you fill in the blank, then I will. It's not the barter system. 
Why will God hear and answer your prayer? God does not base, God does not answer prayers based on who you are or what you can offer him. Look at this. This is another note for you. God answers prayer based on who he is. There's power in the name. So when we declare his name in prayer, things change. When we declare who God is in our lives, things start changing. Prayer changes things, not because we get down on our knees. That's good. Not because we take an hour out to, twice a year to, for 21 days. That's good. It's not because of any of the works that I do. It's because who he is. And when I invoke his name and when I declare his name, things change. Because God's word is true. In Isaiah, it says that like the rain falls from heaven and returns, God's word will not return void. There are eight names specifically that characterize who God is, and they're all in one spot in the scripture. So if you will, turn with your Bible with me to Psalms 23. And we've looked at this real recently, and, and I just love the power that's in this short verse. And all the great um, imagery that we get of who God is. And we're just going to read through it in the NIRV with really quickly, if you will, with me. Verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. He gives me everything I need. He lets me lie down in fields of green grass. And he leads me behind, beside quiet waters. He gives me new strength. And he guides me in the right paths for the honor of his name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are with me. Your shepherd's rod and staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a feast for me in front of my enemies. And you pour oil on my head. And my cup runs over. I'm sure that your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. We see the eight different attributes of who God is. I'm going to go through them quickly with you. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. So if you're taking notes, the first attribute of God is he's a shepherd and he's a pastor. Now, for those of you who would call me your pastor, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm so humbled by that. But even beyond me being here on the earth, you've got a heavenly pastor. You have a heavenly shepherd who's there. And if you want to know the, the Hebrew word for that, it's Jehovah Ra. And you'll see it there at the bottom, R-A-A-H. Continuing on the second one, the Lord is my shepherd. He gives me everything I need. The second part of that is you're my provider. God, you're my provider. So not only are you my pastor, you're the one that leads me in the way I need to go. See, as we're taking this journey on life of living life the way we only knew to live it, and we turn and say there's a better life living God's way, the way God has designed it, and we start taking this journey to walk this way. We've talked about it many, many times. It requires us to change the way we're thinking to be convinced, okay, there is a better life. 
It requires us to be convinced, and that's called faith when we're, we're hearing the word of God and we're thinking, okay, there is a different life, and then I, I repent. I, I have change in my life that I change my direction and my focus and my purpose. So instead of purposing my life here, I'm now purposing and going this way. See, as my pastor, as my shepherd, as the one who's leading me, the first characteristic He's that God. That's one of his attributes, number one. Number two, then he's the provider. He's not going to let me just take this journey by myself. He's going to be my provider. And when we're praying and asking for that, one of the things you can say is, God, I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh is the name for this one. You're my provider. If you don't want to get hung up in the Hebrew words, that's fine. Pray, God, you're my provider. God, you're my pastor. You're the one leading me. I can't lead you other than so far. He's there with you no matter where you are. It literally means I will not lack if you, God, are the one who's taking care of me. What an amazing imagery. Verse 2, he lets me lie down in fields of green grass, and he leads me beside quiet waters. There's times that we need to just take a rest, and and he's the one who leads us to that place. And that third attribute is, you are my peace, or Jehovah Shalom. He is where he's leading us as a pastor from this place that we have only known all of our life. And now we're taking this new journey and trying to walk in this way. And he's leading us. He's the one giving us all the provisions along the way. And there's peace because he is peace. One of his attributes is peace. Continuing on, he restores my soul. When we have the things of yesterday as we're turning our back on the world and we're trying to not just think as we saw earlier on the things of the world, but to turn our, our focus towards the things of heaven, the things of God. We have broken things in our lives. Verse 3 of Psalms 23 says, He restores my soul, and that is you are my healer. So if you have things that are missing and things that are broken in your life, you can say those words, God, I thank you that as you're my pastor, as you're my provider, now you're my healer. You're the one who's going to heal my soul. Many of us would say that our soul is not in the condition it needs to be in. But he will put it back together. Every place you're diseased, every place that there's something that's just not right. And literally that scripture means you put me back to my place of departure. He puts us back to where we got off the road. Man, that is good news for anybody that has followed God and kind of fell off to the wayside. Maybe as a child, you you went to church and then you kind of got off the wayside. Man, he's able to say, hey, listen, I'm the one who heals you. I'm the one who's able to take you back. I'm going to take you back to where you got off the road and we're just going to continue. It's not like Monopoly where you don't pass go. You got to go all the way back to the beginning. He puts you where you're supposed to be. That is amazing. 
continuing verse 3, it says, He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The next attribute of God is he is righteous. God, you are my righteousness. And, and the Hebrew word is Jehovah Sidkenu. Pray that. God, you are my righteousness. I cannot do it on my own. I fall short, but you are my righteousness. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Look at this. For you are with me. The next attribute is he's our constant companion. And that is the person of the Holy Spirit. I already mentioned that earlier. You can pray to God the Father. You can pray to Jesus the Son. Or you can pray to God the, the Holy Spirit. This is where he is our constant companion. And that's Jehovah Shammah. He's there with us. Uh, wherever I go, and I love in Psalm 139, it says that if I go to the highest place that everything's going the best possible, you're there. Or if I, through my decisions, make my bed in hell, in the bottom place, in Sheol, in the worst of things, at the bottom of the earth. Remember when we read that it, there's the heavens and the earth and below the earth. If that's where I end up because of the bad decisions I make. Psalm 139 says, even there, your right hand will be there to guide me. It's the right hand to say, hey, there's a way out. Verse 5, Psalm 23, you prepare a feast for me right in front of my enemies. In other words, the war is going all around you, and Jesus says, hey, we're just going to put a time out. Let them do their stuff. We're going to fight them over here, but sit down and have something to eat. And one of the translations says, a six-course meal. If you've ever eaten a six-course meal, you don't eat it very quickly. It takes a long, drawn-out time. You take the first course and you enjoy it. Imagine that, the imagery of the war just going all the way around us, that our pastor is leading us in, our shepherd, our provider's like, hey, I got you. All the way down here, that you are my defender. Jehovah Nisi, my banner, the one who goes in front of me to say, no, you're going to go through him. You're going to go through me. Continue on in verse 5. You anointed my head with oil, and my cup overflows. I want you to see that what's inside of me spills all out onto those who are around me. So when we see that God is changing our lives and we had this life over here that we are now turning and we're going this new direction and God's giving us the peace, he's giving us the provision, he's constantly there with us in battles, he's preparing this place for us, all these things that it's going to spill out on those that are around us. And they're going to go, wow, you're going through the same tough times that I am, but how are you making it? Let me spill out some of what God is doing. The next attribute of God is he is our sanctifier. And that is Jehovah Imkadesh, the one who makes you holy, the one who says, hey, I'm going to take that part of you that was in the world and I'm going to separate you over here for the good things. Can I tell you like this? When we talk about it, it's one of our four core tenets as a church. You exist to make a difference in this world. Not to make a difference in heaven. Heaven's perfect. 
Can I say it like this? It maybe seems sacrilegious to you. Heaven doesn't need you to make a difference. Heaven has God there. Everything's perfect. The Lord's prayer continuing on says, let it be done on earth. I'm pulling heaven as it is in heaven. I'm pulling heaven down onto earth. And that's through me. We exist to make a difference in this world. Man, that's something maybe you should write a note. How am I making a difference in this world? In my world, what kind of a difference am I making? There's also El Shaddai that means God Almighty or my supplier. These aren't in Psalm 23, but these are additional names and attributes. Or Adonai, which means my master. Elohim, which means he's the everlasting God and my creator. Can I circle back? God answers prayer based on who he is, which is why I took the time to go through each one of those things so you have a different perspective of who he is. And when you pray, to pray and say, God, I thank you that you are, and then declare who he is because then you're activating the name of God, the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name. Tell him in prayer, you are, and declare who he is. Please bow your heads. The very first approach to God, though, is prayer. And if you've never come to him in prayer, if you've never taken the opportunity to come to him and say, I want to give you a chance. If you've never come to and say, I want to make that transition from the world's way to this way, this life that you've designed for me, it begins with a prayer. See it as a relationship. And if you haven't been introduced or maybe you were introduced to church or religion, let me just tell you, there's a Father God in heaven who Jesus referenced, who loves you, so much that he turned his entire world upside down for you even before you existed. He made a way for you. God so loved you. He sent his son. He made a way. I want to invite you to step out and to try God. If I could take him out of my heart for just a second and put him in yours, just for a split second, I can tell you, you would never want him to leave. Today can be your day. I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father in heaven, right now I choose to give up doing life my way. I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me for every time I've missed it. I receive your new life. Thank you for sending Jesus for me. Today, I give my life to you. I choose to place my trust in you. Here it is. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. And Lord, maybe it's someone who's never prayed it before. Maybe it's like the the reference of you bringing us back that we were on the path and we kind of fell off. And you're just scooping us up and taking us right back there to where we left off. 
Lord, I thank you that all of heaven is rejoicing when we come to you in Jesus' name and we ask you to be in relationship with us. I give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you took that step with us today, I would encourage you to take the next step, and that's simply to text CONNECT to 469-289-1114. It's not anything, no one's going to bug you, it's not going to spam you, it's simply going to be a way, it's our text communication system that we can text you and let you know what your next steps are if you'd like to do that. Let's close in prayer. Father God, I just thank you. And I speak blessings over everyone who said that prayer with us. And Lord, everyone who's taken that journey, everyone that's taken the journey of 21 days of prayer. And Lord, as we're finished with that, Lord, that we will continue on in prayer. Lord, that it's not just a two times a year thing. But Lord, that this has been a training ground for us and, and a place for us to really realize the place and the importance that prayer plays in our life. Father, I give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And Father, I pray a special blessing over everyone who's participated in 21 Days of Prayer. People who've participated in our services and have taken notes. Lord, I speak a blessing over those notes that there'll be reminders in their, in their minds, not because I said it, because it's your word. And Lord, I speak a blessing over everyone who's paid their tithes and given to the church this week. And Lord, I pray for all those seeds that have already been planted, Lord, that you're continuing to water them and the the growth that's coming up in those. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I just want to encourage you that we finished 21 days of prayer, but that doesn't mean that the prayer guide is now to be put up until January. It's a resource. It's a tool for you. Make it a part of your daily disciplines. Pray. Spend time with God. Declare who he is. Pray in the name of Jesus. Watch to the end now to connect and for ways to connect and to give.